Thank you. You may be seated. <laughs> I'm doing the Todd thing, you know. <laughs> that was too funny. So it's great to have everybody here. So I made a spot over here to give you guys a little more space to, to talk. But it's great to be at the Davis Chapel. Thank you, the Davis Chapel. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for being here. <laughs> we never give them the mic. But I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need it. But thanks so much for hosting us. Really appreciate it. And uh, and the SEALs heard we're having lunch, so they drove all the way from Delaware. For that. <laughs> it's great to see you guys. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. So, uh, uh, and uh, thank you, Rob. He needed a challenge. He's getting a little bored over at the building. So we fly today, and then we moved out. And so, Rob, thank you. And Mark, come back on the camera. We got a, we got a great team. We may just go online permanently because it's crazy. Uh, you know, we, we had so many viewers last week. It's crazy, you know, a lot of viewers. So I, I think maybe we're just going to have to get rid of the brick and mortar church and go, go house church and, and all that. And who knows? It may happen, right? So, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the building. I'm trying to be optimistic, but maybe another month, another month. So uh, what we're going to probably do is the next couple of weeks just online and hopefully live stream. Uh, we're working on all that. But all, uh, but if you want to gather in homes, go ahead. But in three weeks from now, on the 29th, I think it is, is that right? The 5th, uh, February 5th, uh, we are going to have guess who's coming to church. And you know, guess who's coming to dinner? We're going to do guess who's coming to church. We're going to mix it all up and give you some options and send you somewhere so you get to meet some new people. So that's going to be in three weeks from now, all right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, anyway, that's what's going on. Uh, what we are experiencing, though, is just a small taste of what the church in Ukraine is experiencing. This, I mean, we have all the comforts, right? But uh, this up, upheaval and stuff is just a small, small taste of what they're going through. They're not moving because of water damage. They're moving because of bombs. And, and uh, what they're going through is just, is just incredible. Uh, you know, we still have heat and electricity, and a lot of times you guys don't have that. Uh, the, the total upheaval. You, can, you can't even imagine the total upheaval of the, the Christians in the Ukraine. Oh, sorry, guys. I forgot to dismiss the kids. They're making their escape. They're like, wait, I'm not listening to this. So, all right, they already got their candy. So they got, oh, and those who didn't show up, big money prizes. So you missed out on your big money prizes. Uh, but, but we did the Christmas offering for these guys, and that's hopefully just the start of how we're going to be helping them out. Eight years ago, Tima was here, and we're trying to do the math. So eight years ago, he was here, and some of you were there when he spoke at the school. That was at the school. And so now uh, Natalia has been with the kids, has been staying with Mike and Chris Fulmer. Uh, can they see them on there? All right, so give a wave, guys, give a wave. Mike, Mike spoke at the church a, a little while ago. So um, uh, he had preached about two months, three months ago now. He preached, but, but Natalia's been staying with you guys through the spring. But it was great that Tima was able to be here. Uh, just when we had the water damage, I uh, was able to be here, and so it was a great opportunity to have them share, and some of you are here and some, many, many online. So uh, it's just really, really great to have you guys here. So uh, I'm going to just open in prayer and then turn it over to Tima and Natalia will be sharing also. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for these guys being here. We thank you for preserving their lives. 
just thank you for your mercy and grace for all they have gone through. It's just unthinkable, although we all better be thinking about it because we know where this world is headed and where the country is headed. And, Lord, just pray that this would be a real challenge to us to not just minister to them but prepare for what's coming our way. We believe, knowing the closer we get to tribulation, the closer we get to the second coming of Jesus Christ, we have to be ready. And Lord, just pray that you would just would uh, just encourage them and encourage us through what they shared today. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Okay, so uh, Tima, come on up here, and uh, we'll, we're going to have some pictures showing, and Tima's going to be sharing, and I'm going to be asking some questions to kind of prompt him. So we'll just kind of. Take it from here, okay? All right, so uh, so uh, first, you want to say something first, or you want me to? Yeah. Well, um, thank you for inviting us. Uh, it's always glad to be here, and thank you for uh, making us feeling like at home. So uh, I'm so glad to be here with my family because it's been already three months. I was, uh, we were separate. And this is how the family in Ukraine live right now. And I believe uh, soon uh, everybody will be united again. So thank you again for, share, uh, for having us here. Super. Super. All right. So, uh, so the first picture up. And uh, so, Tima, you're the director of BCM. Maybe you could tell us exactly what that is in Ukraine. And um, how many ministries there are in Ukraine, and what was your role before the war? Well, I just become a uh, BCM director in Ukraine January 1st, 2022. That was something new for me because our previous director just uh, retired, and he just gave it this position to me. He said, you're going to be a next director. <laughs> <coughs> so there was not much choices. So... <coughs> And I didn't know that we are expecting a war in this year also. Uh, so before that, I was, I was involved in kid, kid, uh, kids' ministry, camp ministry, and we work with uh, homeless kids and orphans. This is our main ministry in Ukraine, and I was responsible for this. Uh, that was our family ministry. But uh, since I've become director, BCM director in Ukraine, I have responsibility for 20 missionary in Ukraine now. And it's not something like all missionary in one place. They just spread all over Ukraine. And during this, this time when the war started, I was responsible for taking, taking care of those missionaries. Either uh, try to evacuate them from the uh, war zone or just make sure they, they, they all find. So uh, we did evacuate uh, seven people, seven missionaries, uh, seven missionaries to Germany, to Poland, because some of the families were having problem, like uh, one of the spouse was disabled, so we just evacuated them because they wasn't able to live in, in, in the war zone. So that's that's are, my. Are you still involved with the children too, the orphans and? Yes, yes, kids, I'm so still doing that. You're ministry. still connected with that. Yeah, uh, this summer, of course, we didn't have any camps because of the war situation. It's danger. Uh, we did evacuate uh, the orphanage, orphanage 
from Mariupol because Mariupol is occupied right now. It's it's 90% destroyed. Uh, you can't even imagine. Uh, director of that orphanage, when he sent the last kids from the orphanage, he said, they are free, and I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. We thought we we're going to evacuate all people, but our director decided that he's going to stay there because mm-hmm. people start to coming from neighborhood, mm-hmm. and they had about 60, 70 people who lost their homes and their flats, so they just came to find a shelter. Mm-hmm. And thanks God, our property, our uh, orphanage building wasn't damaged badly, just the window and some of the walls, but mm-hmm. that was nothing compared to other buildings. Mm-hmm. So uh, our kids in safe place, 30 kids in Germany right now, and praise God for... Uh, so many prayers that it took them to get there over like three weeks. Usually it takes like two days, but their road road was th- uh, three weeks. So, wow. Okay, why don't we do the next slide? And um, so, uh, with the war in Ukraine, what was your reaction when you first heard about the Russian invasion? Did it come as a surprise? And where were you living at the time of the attack? And how has your role changed? Well, uh, we heard about war coming on, come, uh, and for us, it was something we heard uh, for many, many years. Because, as you know, the war started in 2014, when Rus- uh, Russia invaded Crimea, Lugansk, and Donetsk. So they, uh, they captured that three, three areas. So this is when the war started, actually. It's not started last year. So, and we heard about war all these nine, uh, nine, nine years already. But uh, 2022, February, we start getting some uh, news from United States, from uh, London, from England, from Europe, that uh, Russia will start the war. And they start to remove their uh, embassy and their employees from, from Ukraine, from Kiev. And that was a very uh, scare note that they, gonna, they, they start to remove their, their people from, from Ukraine. And February 23rd at night, I, I got a call from my cousin and he said, somebody told me that there will be a war tomorrow. And again, for us, it was something how it can be. Right. I mean, and so we just kept praying about this. And five in the morning, we heard explosions. Wow. February 24th, five in the morning, we, we just started hearing explosions around Basically, all cities in Ukraine was attacked. It's not something like they start. We thought they're going to start war here, but they just start attacking all Ukraine. And it was big panic. People start to leave. It was a huge traffic jam. And we stayed in Kiev. This is capital. Uh, there 
goal was take Kiev first, kill the president or just capture him and or remove him. And that's how they were planning to to win for three or four days maximum. But it didn't happen. So and uh, I I evacuate my family to Poland uh, March first because first few days we wasn't able to leave the home or go somewhere because it's a, it was a curfew time. So they closed the city for a couple of days. We wasn't able to do anything. After war, after two three days, uh, there was a possibility to go to the supermarket, but again, because of panic, everybody was buying all kind of stuffs so they can just have enough food for for couple weeks at least. So after I, I sent my, my family to Poland, I came back to Zhytomyr. This is where uh, one of the churches located and pastor of the church, also a BCM uh, missionary. He works with uh, handicapped people. So we did evacuate some of the uh, people, some of the handicaps from that area also, and uh, this is how my my uh, ministry be, uh, began with evacuation, helping people. All total, we did evacuate around six thousand people. Uh, we delivered over a hundred ton. I don't know in pounds. It's about. One million pounds. <laughs> it's a lot. Food, uh, humanitarian aid, uh, med- medicine supplies. And this is this is the kids from uh, orphanage have been evacuated to Germany. This is the family with a disabled uh, man. And this is how many people were uh, taking train in Germany because w- there were so many. They didn't have any. Like they just stayed on the floor. And this is the pastor of this church and, and, and uh, his wife. And we stayed together in Zhytomyr. Uh, this is about uh, 50 miles from Kiev. Kiev was closed for a while. We wasn't able to get there. And uh, so I stayed in Zhytomyr in uh, full time. So this is the uh, humanitarian we were uh, delivering to to the people. Uh, Many people was involved in this. And I spent probably, I don't know, 70% of my time on the road going back and forth. So I made approximately uh, 60,000 miles over this this summer and spring and, and autumn so and uh, and that and that's risky too because yeah. your one friend who's the pastor you could tell them that story yeah this is uh this is this is how the some of the city was looking this is my uh, cousin apartment it was destroyed first first day uh, february twenty fourth the rocket hit his apartment and I got a call from him, and he's saying, like, I have no apartment anymore. So, uh, and that was 
pretty much everywhere, where like lots of people were uh, uh, facing this problem. Uh, wait, back up one more. Uh, so, um, oh, so when you're traveling, I want to make this point. When you were traveling, delivering stuff, that's a very risky thing because your one pastor friend was um, killed doing that, right? Well, uh, we we have different stories. Uh, many times I will go to the front line, and sometimes the, the I, I have to go with the military because it's 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 danger, and I cannot go as I'm, I'm civilian, so I have to go with the with the military, and they have special uh, ward if they have if they go through the checkpoints. So uh, one trip was, uh, he said, it's, it's, it's safe zone. It's, they're not shooting in that area. So we went there, and at night they start bombing that area. So I called them at night because I slept in, in the van. In the van. Uh, I called them and said, you call this a safe place? <laughs> and, say, and he said, well, it's not so bad. But... <clears throat> but that, but he was a military. So and again, there's lots of uh, volunteers and pastor was killed because for rushing, like being Christian, it's something like you are sponsored by somebody from United States. Oh. You are sponsored from Europe, and that's mean it's not good. So and. In many times, uh, pastor or deacons or servants, they, they were killed or just tortured. So uh, to go in this kind of area, it was risky. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Either they're going to start bombing or uh, sometimes the cell phone service is not available and GPS is not working, so you're just driving and you never know where you're going to get. Sometime you come to the checkpoints, and this is Russian checkpoints. So, uh, but praise God, uh, I was saved. And at that time, just the vehicle was damaged a little bit, but I, we were saved. So, and we were able to deliver stuff to the uh, war area and just come back safely. So, so and. Uh, how has the destruction to homes and buildings further defined your role and the role of others on the mission team? Well, uh, Russia captured the, the city Bucha, Irpin, and Hastomel. Maybe you heard this on news. This was the first city they captured. And they were trying to capture the airport in Gostomel, which is about 10 miles from our church in Bucha, and uh, this is where uh, the Bucha church, this is where we located right now, and uh, this city was captured after the Russia uh, start, start the war, and we had, yeah, this is some of the building in, in Bucha, and my brother and his family stayed in Bucha church. And they stayed there for two weeks. This is some, yeah, some of these buildings. 
So we, uh, when the Russia came, I got a call from my brother that the Russian was in the city. I was in Zhitomir, and there was no no way to get out because Russia blocked the the, the bridges. Some of this bri- some of the bridges was was destroyed, so they was captured like in that area for two weeks. The cell phone service was was not good. We wasn't able to just communicate easily, so we were he he was trying to get the service by just going upstairs on the last floor and just. This way, he was able to to find the service, but it was dangerous because uh, they did shooting like every day. So finally, we just going back and forth, communicating. We were able to uh, evacuate them. A hundred and around seven seventy people was there at the church in the basement hiding. So and we were able to evacuate all of them from from that that church. So after the Russian left the Bucha, Gastomel, and Erpin, we was able to come back uh, April 8, and we start go through the houses, and we thought it's completely destroyed, but some of some of the houses was okay, and uh, pretty much all the houses was uh, uh, robbed. So we just went through the houses and we uh, closed the window doors, fixed the doors and, and windows, replaced the windows, and helped people just to uh, stay stay warm. But because it was still cold. Yes. Did you have power and water? No. In this right. No, this city have ha- had no power, had no water. Uh, if you have like a well, you can just. Uh, you just can throw the bucket and just get the water. But if you have no electricity, you have no water. So there was no heat, no gas, no uh, no power for months or two, I would say like this. We had generator in our church, but it was stolen by Russian. So, uh, But we was able to bring the, the little one first, and now we have the big one so we can... We can have electricity, not just for this church, but also for neighborhood. People can come and just uh, charge their phones or power banks or whatever they need. Tima, did, did I understand correctly? You, you, you said that Christians were singled out for harsher treatment than others, or did I miss that point? You made a point about friends... Uh, uh, Christians were considered sponsors or friends of America or or England or or did I miss the point you made? I thought you said that Christians were singled out for well, bad. I, or I can I clarify what he said. So what he was saying is, so he as a mission ministry person, right. they see you as connected with America or Europe, yes. and that's yes. why they, so they would they would they would go after they yeah they yeah, will prosecute they yeah they were prosecuted yeah, okay. the the Christian because they connected with somebody from sure. United States right gotcha and as you know there's some missionary from United States from Europe helping ch- uh, Ukrainian churches yeah and like. Our orphanage was connected with one of the church, uh, Baptist China Church in Houston. 
So we were, uh, we, our bookkeeper, he, she just destroyed all information, which is uh, show that we have connection, disconnection. Right. Otherwise, uh, there yeah. will be a huge problem with director and the the whole orphanage. Right. So. Yeah. So uh, Natalia, we're going to have Natalia share here about uh, Germany, and I'm just going to ask real quick and hand you the mic. Uh, her, what was it like leaving the Ukraine and being separated from Tima, and were you able to communicate with him? Hello. It's nice to, to see you here. Uh, thank you for inviting us. Um, uh, uh, yes, from the very beginning, uh, we decided that we are going, me and kids, we are going to Poland. We spent about a month over there. Uh, then uh, I'm originally from Mariupol. Uh, if we would go back uh, on the map, it's it's really really close to Donetsk and Lugansk. So this is the city which been completely destroyed, and this is the orphanage from because originally I'm from that orphanage too. That's why we started wow. the ministry over there. So uh, my mother, uh, my two brothers, all our best friends they also decide to leave the uh, the Mariupol so when I uh, went to Poland uh, and then um, we found out that there is no way for them to return my relatives uh, the orphanage the friends we we found out that there is more possibilities to find the place uh, to live in Germany, like temporarily uh, places um, for like a social apartment uh, for refugees. It's possible. It's more possibilities in the, in the Germany. So uh, and then we found a really nice uh, place for the orphanage there in Germany. Uh, they are fully packed over there. It's a really nice uh, place. So. After one month staying in Poland, we went to Germany, and uh, since I'm speaking English a little bit, <laughs> um, uh, I've been able, you know, to help, like, uh, like with the translation, because, like, in the social um, services, uh, a lot of people, they know English, so even though I don't speak German really well, but uh, with the English it were more possible, you know, to help people with applying some documents and other, because it's a lot of paperwork. So, um, yes, yeah, so um, it, was, it was a tough decision. Uh, we made that I'm going to, to leave the country and Tima is going to stay in Ukraine because he didn't went with us to Poland or to Germany. He'd been there. And uh, sometimes it was, it was tough uh, to communicate because he'd been out of uh, Internet uh, or uh, any, like, connection. So sometimes it was a little bit tough, you know, to speak like, uh, 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 like that <laughs> way. Yeah, but, but we try our best. <laughs> Um, yes, um, and we made that decision based that um, uh, since Tima would know that we are in a safety place, it's more possibilities uh, for him to serve people, to go, you know, do not like thinking like how we are in a safety place, you know, how we are. So that was the decision. And then... Actually, uh, they came 
they stayed in Germany, and they, before the October 10, they came back to Kiev, and it was kind of okay. But October 10, they started bombing uh, constantly. Every week, they, were, they start, start bombing. And I took my kids to the school, and October 10, the rocket just flew over our head and just hit the uh, target about a mile from us. So that's when we decided to sec for second time evacuate them to United States. Yeah, um, after uh, at the end of the summer, that uh, this last summer, we decided we are going back. Um, uh, we decided we're not going to, you know, to receive any like social apartment. We've we've been just staying with the, like a. It's like a, a, a house for refugees. We've been helping uh, there or at the orphanage. Uh, and then we decided we are going back to, to Kiev. Uh, we were thinking, you know, it's maybe it's settled down a little bit. So, and kids started school. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, as Tima said, like in October 10th, they started to shooting and they kind of like changed the. Uh, Strategy. They've been shooting exactly like in the uh, spots, like infrastructure, infrastructure spots, and they've been destroying electricity all over Ukraine. And uh, yes, it was uh, like it's like a second time. We felt like it's like a second time, February twenty fourth, and uh, and then. Uh, we we've been praying and we made the decision that uh, Tima said like why don't you just go for the winter period to the United States? So in November we came here at the beginning of November and uh, 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 yeah and we here we are blessed that Tima uh, came for this short term uh, short trip uh, to visit us. And he's going back uh, January 23rd, and we are going to stay. But the plan is that we want to go back. Um, yeah. yeah, we don't have any plans to move, to, le uh, to leave the country, like, um, completely. Yes, the plan is, like, to go back, and uh, we'll see. And by the way, you guys do great with English. <laughs> yeah, really. English and yeah. German, and you create. You know, it's just like wow, it's amazing, yeah. amazing. I have trouble remembering English. Well, so. better than we do with Ukrainian. Well, we're just English, some yeah. of us. <laughs> okay, so thank you. Uh, so the journeys. Um, uh, you know, you already mentioned how many miles you went, but are are you, are you limited how much you can drive, or what's what's it like that ministry? Yeah, in, in Ukraine there is a curfew, curfew time when you have to, you cannot travel at night. So you have to, you can start at 5 in the morning till 10 p.m. So often I can be in the middle of the road. So either I'm just, and this is uh, most of the time this is, was my, my, my bed, my office, uh, my home, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> And so I, I, most of the time I fix the van myself if it's something not, not with the engine. But 
Yeah, it was difficult because we have limit time. Before that, I could just drive all night long and be somewhere in the morning, but but yeah. And this is the uh, we're not allowed to take pictures of any uh, checkpoints, so this is just the pictures. Us- this is actually in Kiev, in uh, in capital of Ukraine. We have a lot of checkpoints. You have to go. This is a military checkpoints. You go slow. You have to shut off the light. They checking your vehicle, and you have to go slow and careful, and just. Sometime it's it's uh, on the beginning it was like 40 checkpoints from one end of Ukraine to Kiev, so you have to stop. And there is al- always uh, a traffic jam. Now it's much better, and, but still we have to go through those checkpoints, and they checking you your vehicle and everything, all documents. Yeah, but when we go with the military, it's much easier. They have special work, and you can go. You can go easily. This is this is crosses for the tank to protect. Uh, the tank cannot go over that crosses. It damaged the tank, and tank is not not moving after this. So, uh, but you cannot see them at night very very, very well. So, uh, lots of time people just hitting those those crosses. So, and this is typical, like a road trip in Ukraine. You have to go through those checkpoints, and sometimes it's danger. Are you able to get gas? Now we have no problem with gas, but in April we had a huge problem. You could have stayed just like two, three, four hours and get just three gallons or five maximum. So if you get have like five gallons, you're lucky. But we had a huge problem because Russian destroyed many uh, oil uh, factory in the beginning of the war, and we had a huge problem. So we always try to keep the extra on a long journey because we were delivering the humanitarian aid, food, clothes, and we tried to, to have extra. But now, but now we, thanks God, we have enough uh, fuel for, for, for travel. And of course, the prices went up. Uh, I think you are facing this too here in the United States. Ours is self-inflicted. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other story. Uh, okay, so um, the Sunday services, a um, couple things. What, have, what impact has it made? giving the humanitarian aid? Are you seeing people responding? Do you see people starting to come to church because oh, yeah. they're, they, they're in this need, you know, and their eyes are being opened spiritually? What are you seeing happening? In the beginning, when we came back to Bucha Church, uh, our, our uh, church was kind of, lots of people moved out also, have been evacuated. Before the war started, we had about 150 members. But during the war, we, we had left only, let's say, 30, 40 people. So we, we came to the church, 
and of course there's no electricity, no heat. It was it was uh, winter time, and the winter was and spring was also cold till May. So basically, there's no heat, and we were wearing the, the coats, and uh, it was it was cold. So we started inviting people to just give them some help, and little by little, first week. We had about 200, then 500, and for three months we had over a thousand people. Thousand, sometime was thousand and four hundred. We wasn't able to feed everybody like in the building, and uh, and of course, like you know, in John six, Jesus said, "You came, you looking for me? Just correct me because I know in English it's hard." Uh, you're looking for me not because you saw the sign, but because you ate. Yeah. And that was the same in, in, in church. Lots of people came because they had the food. But many pay, people stayed because they, they found Jesus. Uh, uh, next month, the number kind of went down, and we, now we have about... Uh, 400, 500 people, and that's not non-Christian. So uh, those people who came to get the help, they got the help. But those people who came to to know Jesus, they stayed at the church. So now we have about 500 people, and not non-Christian people. So, and this has happened in many, many churches around Ukraine. People people start looking for God because. Uh, it was hard on them. So, are there any particular Bible passages? Like oh, sorry, thank you. Are there any particular Bible passages that you focused on to encourage your folks there? Well, we we do. It's uh, Jeremiah thirty three three. Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you the great and unsearchable thing you do not know. Uh, like we sing the song in the beginning, God in, in control. And as a Christian, we know that God is in control. And without God, we can do nothing. And because we are Christian, we have hope. And we're not holding, uh, you know, like uh, for, for something material here in this, this, this land. But we are hope that God... Uh, we, we have a eternal life. So in this way, we are uh, trying to uh, tell people. And also, these verses from the Bible being uh, quote by our general of army. And that's, that was a surprise because we never heard this before. And during this war, he's quoting these words from the Bible Amen. and telling this out loud, out loud on his page, on Facebook page, and telling this to the people. So also we are, it's hard uh, for those people, for non-Christian, but we tell them uh, 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray constantly, uh, Give thanks in all circumstances. I know it's, it's hard to give 
thanks in all circumstances. But with God's help, it's possible. And again, when God in control, this thing is possible. And I see it by, uh, not just because uh, I, I read this, but I see this in our lives. And as you know, Russia is a big country. And Ukraine just a little, it's nothing compared to Russia. And still, over almost a year, we still exist. And the big part of Ukraine is, is not captured. And I know that God in in control. Yeah, This is some of the work we do in in um, in in Zhitomir. We're building uh, a little dormitory for refugees. Uh, for for six families. And this is, uh, we got, just recently we got a, a huge generator. So we can, now we can share the, uh, the electricity with, uh, uh, with our neighbors. And also people can come to the church and, and have uh, electricity there. So. Uh, Natalia, uh, so what's it been like here living with the Fulmers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I know Chris is easy to get along with, but Mike, you know. But uh, what's what's it been like? Uh, I'm just kidding. You guys, it's been awesome. I I, I have to pick on Mike. So, uh, what's it been like here, and how have you been adjusting? It's got to be unbelievable. But what are your plans for moving forward? Uh, I'm not just only. I am, but I would say about my whole family, like we are really thankful for all the prayers, for all the support from um, his kids, from God's kids. Uh, we are really feeling this support, and that's a blessing for us to be in a safety place right now, you know, to, um, even though I would say it's it's tough, and uh, it's tough uh, for kids also, and with the time differences, without like to being without family and uh, uh, and friends, um, yes. But but we know that uh, that uh, like it's just a temporarily. We have a hope that we are going. We are we will be back. Uh, we will be united, and this war will be over. Or we all will be uh, going to the heaven. <laughs> there are like two choices. <laughs> the war to be over and or just to go all to the heaven. Either, either way, we'll all be together, right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, but we are thankful. We are thankful to, to this wonderful family you've been teasing on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know because there wasn't any question. I mean, because the the Mike didn't wrote that question. You just asked. <laughs> yes. Um yes, we are really blessed. From the very beginning, uh we had an invitation to come to United States. Uh 
to come to their house. From the very beginning, we had that invitation, but we just we were thinking, you know, that it's going to be just, you know, temporarily. It's going to be maybe two weeks, one month, you know. And it was a big decision to leave right away, you know, to United States. But uh, yeah, for the winter, we decided to come. But um, I would say we about the future. That's a nice question. I mean. God knows the future, and I'm happy that he knows the future. <laughs> I, I'm just trusting. This is a path uh, by, uh, by hope, you know, and by faith. If uh, without faith and hope, it's, it's not, uh, you're not Christian. You, you're just not Christian. And uh, uh, we are waiting, I would say, all, every Ukrainian, waiting for the spring to come mm -hmm. in every meaning of this uh, word in every meaning yeah in uh, like physically uh, we waiting for the spring to come and uh, spiritually you know in every sense of this word yes we are waiting for the spring to come and uh, so we will be able to go back yeah mm -hmm. How difficult was it to get out of Ukraine to come here to the U.S.? <coughs> well, for uh, for me, like as you know, because it's a, a wartime, every man from 18 to 60 cannot leave the country. But because I do volunteer work, I can. I have permission to to get out, and I because I'm bringing the humanitarian aid from Germany, from Europe. So I can I can go out. For women and kids, it's it's uh, much easier. They can just cross the border easy. Uh, yes. But if you are asking about like to go in uh, exactly to United States. Yes. Yeah, going to United States, it's uh, you have to have a visa. This is what we have. Yeah, we came by visas. Uh, all of us have visas, but there is uh, also a, a special program, if you heard about that, United for Ukraine. Yeah, this is for those if you want to be a sponsor to the family from Ukraine, you can apply that special document and uh, that family can receive that uh, status, refugee status, uh, receive an insurance, and then they can come uh, to United States. Not it's, it's it's not like you without any visa or without that uh, uh, program you cannot come to United States. Tima, I just had a question for you. Um, uh, from what you know, from what you know, what is the spiritual condition of your president Z Z Zelensky? Is yes. he is he a Christian? Is he born again? Is there any indication to you? Uh, uh, well. Or <clears throat> I don't know how he's with God right now, but I, I hear them talking about prayer, praying. Yeah. And he is, again, he is also quoting some uh, words from the Bible. And that's a good sign. Yes. Right. Because yeah. uh, when they start uh, applying, or how do you call this, to, to, to the God word, right. yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not talking about his him being great. He's not talking about like the army, but he's also mentioning that God is in control. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
That's a good sign. No, that is a good so. sign. Yep. So, how can we be praying for you guys specifically? I think we can figure out most of it here, but anything extra that we could be yeah, praying I just, for? I just want to encourage you to keep praying, even though there's many, many people praying. I just want to remind you this story in Exodus when the uh, Israel had the fight with uh, Am- Am- Amanitans. Amalekites. Uh, remember this story when Moses was praying. Uh, he he left his his he left his hands. Yeah, Natalia can read it. So Exodus, uh, Exodus, Exodus, yeah, sixteen uh, uh, verse uh, from verse ten. Uh, no, from verse uh, eight. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites and uh, Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight uh, the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israel, Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other side, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites, Amalekite army with the sword. So just want to remind you and just encourage you to just keep praying because mm-hmm. sometimes we, 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 we think we prayed enough mm-hmm. for lots of people praying. And like this story, mm-hmm. when Moses was tired, mm-hmm. his, his uh, friends just help him to just keep keep praying. <coughs> so just keep praying for Ukraine because it's not just a, a physical war, but it's also a spiritual war. Uh, devil, he wants to kill. He wants to destroy. Mm-hmm. And just keep praying that Ukraine will uh, revival. Lots of people will accept Jesus as a personal savior because there's many people Christian, but they call them Christian, but because they're Orthodox. It's just a nominal Christian. They come to church in, for Christmas. They come to church for Easter. But just pray that they will accept Jesus as a personal Savior and will change their lives. So please pray for family so they will be united again. Because lots of family, they just spread all over the world. Mm-hmm. In Germany, Poland, Spain, United States. And for men... Uh, they're not allowed to leave the country. Like, this is a God grace that I'm here. And not, not many men can leave the country. So, and I have to go back before January 27 to, because my permission is expired at that day. So, just keep praying for churches because they're struggling right now, especially in occupied territory. They've been persecuted. The pastor being persecuted, like, like in, 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 in Bible times, when the churches was persecuted, uh, just keep praying for those churches. 
they are working underground. They, they gather together like you do because they cannot gather together in church. So just keep praying for, for those churches and for our government. Pray for our government. And again, thank you so much for your support and for, for, for everything you do for us. Thank you. Wow, thank you so much, guys. So if you want to pray more specifically, most of this I've seen, believe it or not, because Mike sends out a prayer update continually on it. So this is how you can um, – do you want to do this? Do you have the slide for his email? Sorry. Yeah, if, if you'd like to be included in the newsletter, just send me an email. Uh, give me your email address and that you'd like it sent to, and I will put you on the list. I do it as a blind copy, so the names don't get exchanged with everybody. Um, so it'll be private, but that way you'll get the, uh, the updates. Because when Tima sends me updates, which he does regularly, then I, I, I pass them out. Great. So thanks, Mike. So is he still on? Okay, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, you can give through the mission BCM International. Just you can you can go on the website and and and. There's a, a two accounts for Ukraine relief, and if you want to support our personally, there's a personal account for our family. Okay, so BCM, BCM International. International, and specifically for Tima and Natalia Anokim. Anokim. Yes. So for those who aren't getting my emails out there watching this, you can specifically support them, and it's going to be ongoing, their ministry. Even when this all winds down, the, 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 you know, it's so many ministries. And I'm sure the orphanage, you know, the, the children and the homeless is going to be even many, many oh, yeah. times greater than it was before. So, um, so that's how you can keep on supporting them. And uh, <clears throat> I just thought it was a lot of the descriptions you had of your, the church there, you're describing our church here. You know, the you know the cultural Christians, not truly born again, and uh, the sleepy churches, and and how God. I believe uh, this is this is a great preparation for us because you know from the Daniel Revelation series I've done, and but I've been saying Sunday after Sunday that as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ, this is going to happen in the U.S. It, we could picture this very quickly, couldn't we? We are a spark away from the United States being in this same place. And it's going to happen. We know it biblically. It's going to happen uh, through the Daniel Revelation. It's going to happen worldwide. Christians all over the world are going to be in this same place. Because Jesus said this is what's going to happen as the tribulation approaches, as the second coming approaches. This is, once again, everything they've said is what we've been saying over and over. Be ready for this Get ready spiritually. Uh, and, and when it does come, it's not about the United States. It's, it's not about that. It's about the church. It's not about the Ukraine, really. It's about the church. It's about the revival in the church, whether it's a, real, a large revival or a remnant revival. It's about us being ready to, to make an impact for Jesus Christ, no matter what happens to our country, no matter what happens to our in our lives, whatever happens in our churches, we can still, God's going to still give us a tremendous opportunity to make an impact. As you're seeing, you heard the story, what happened in their church, right? That's not the way you, we picture church growth, is it? But yet that's how God works. God works. So, And we've been going through the book of Acts, too, so we've been 
preparing the ground here. So we really appreciate everything you've done. Okay, so why don't we just, uh, I guess we'll close out our service, and then while it's closed out, we'll go to a, a prayer time uh, off, off, off air. See you next week online. <laughs>